we've been doing this Advent wreath up here, right? And so I was a little nervous about the Advent wreath because I haven't been in here any of the other sermons. So like, so everyone else like at staff meeting, they're trying to tell me, okay, so this is how you light it. So you're going to want to take it here. You want to light this one first. You can't light that one. So to, so I'm going to go around and hopefully I'm I'm going to do this correctly. If I don't, I wasn't here. Okay, here we go. So the first the first week, Pastor Mark talked about hope. You guys remember hope? And I mean, and the the epitome of Christmas, the hope of salvation. I mean, Jesus came. So the next week, Pastor Mitch talked about um, bringing peace, which is something that I think we could all use a little bit more of. If you missed any of these, you can um, visit our website, and all the podcasts are there. Okay, so. The next one, last week, Pastor Chris talked about love. Talked about love, I mean. And then this week, I get to light a pink candle. So I, I was going to try to wear a pink sweater or a pink shirt, but I don't have anything pink. So here we go. Today, for my pink candle, oh, hold on, needed a little something extra, there we go. Today, we're talking about joy, we're talking about joy today. So, we're continuing our Advent wreath, you notice we have one more candle to light, and that will be next week on Christmas Day, Christmas Day is on a Sunday, and uh, so we'll be lighting that one uh, next week. So, Today we're talking about joy. Everybody grab your Bibles. It's fun to talk about joy. This is a fun one to do. We're going to look up Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it's just a little piece of the Christmas story that we want to look at today. It's literally one verse, um, but this one verse will help us uh, figure out this idea of joy just a little bit and help us focus on it and also help us see how it ties into uh, the Christmas season. So here we go. This is chapter 2 of Luke, verse 10. It says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of, everybody say it with me, great joy, which will be for all the people. Joy is Christmas. Joy is Christmas. This morning we're going to spend some time looking at this idea of great joy. Good news of great joy. And I don't know about you, but I could always use a little bit more joy in my life, right? Okay? So that's what we're going to be talking about. I want to start with a story. I don't know what it is about Christmas presents. Not getting them. I'm fine with that. In fact, it's kind of fun. But... I have a hard time figuring out what to get for people. So, in fact, it just happened a couple weeks ago. You know, there's certain days by when you have to order things on Amazon so you get them by Christmas. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. So, we were at that point, probably like a lot of you, like, well, what are we going to get our kids? None of my kids are in here, so this is okay. But, Chris, it's probably 10.30, maybe almost 11 o'clock at night, We've been running around trying to get things done, and Kristen sits down at the computer, and she's like, we've got to figure out a couple more things to get for the kids before it's too late for it to get here by Christmas. So she, said, she asks me this question, what 
should we get the kids? But this is my response. I'm like, I don't know. Like, the kids don't need anything, right? They have so much stuff, you know? And so, what do you really get the kids? Well, this goes back all the way to when we were first married. So the story I want to tell is from a number of years ago. Kristen and I were just first married. We were living in Milwaukee, and it was Christmas time. And we were looking for a gift for my sister. And we went to Mayfair Mall. We were living in Milwaukee at the time. We go to Mayfair Mall. We're going to get some Christmas shopping done. And I would call myself an efficient Christmas present shopper. Whereas Kristen is much more of an exhaustive Christmas present shopper in, in that if it's on the list and it matches all the requirements, grab one and go. Whereas Kristen's like, if it's on the list, we have to check 42 stores. We have to make sure that we look at all the colors, all the options, and then predict which one that said person will enjoy the most? Well, that takes a lot more time, which is probably the better way. And I'm, I'm trying to learn. But, but we were early married. We didn't really realize this about one another to this degree until we were in Mayfair Mall shopping for my sister. And you know what we were shopping for? We were shopping for a Bible. You shouldn't get mad over shopping for a Bible. The task was simple. Pick out a Bible for my sister. She had told us what version she wanted and a few other details of the kind of Bible that she wanted. We walk into the store. Oh, here they are. Here's the version. Well, this looks like a great color. I grab it and I'm ready to go. And she's like, whoa, whoa, wait. what about this one? Well, what, this one has this in it. And this one had, and I'm like, ah, she didn't say anything like that. I'll just grab one and let's head out. And like, we were, we were frustrated with one another. We started like getting like angry at one another. Like, no, let's go. We have like 900 gifts to get. You know, let's keep this thing moving. And Kristen's like, Paul, if you're going to get a gift, you should at least think about it. And touche, Kristen. But at the time, I was thoroughly offended, saying, of course I thought about it. That's why I picked this one, and we're leaving. So this is all going on. It turned into this big point of contention to where... I didn't really enjoy or had any joy in Christmas present shopping with Kristen, to be quite honest. So, and it wasn't her fault, it was completely mine, because she was being way more, way more thoughtful than I was. So, keep that story, kind of put it in your back pocket, we're going to compare it to another story that we find in the Bible that is a much better example of what we're talking about for today. So we're going to compare my story to a story in the Bible, and it's a story of Paul and Silas who were singing in prison after getting beaten. So Paul and Silas had gotten an entire town mad at them by casting out a, a demon out of a girl. And so we're going to pick up the story in Acts chapter 16, looking at verses 23 through 25. And here's what it says, starting in verse 23. It says, And when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely, and he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise, and the prisoners were listening to them. So, 
Did you catch the situation? In prison, just gotten beaten. They're in, they're, their feet are in stocks. They're, but what are they doing? They're singing. So what do these two, two stories have to do with joy? Well, really everything. In my Christmas shopping story, I was not experiencing the joy of Christmas. I'll tell you that. In fact, I was feeling the exact opposite. I was feeling frustration during the time of year we celebrate Jesus, who brought real joy. I I couldn't even be happy when buying my sister's gift because of the situation. Like, I allowed that to get to me. On, On the other hand, Paul and Silas had been beaten, thrown in prison. They probably didn't have many feelings of happiness, but they had something much more important. They had joy. There's a stark contrast between these two stories that I shared. Paul and Silas had joy in a ridiculously tough situation, and I did not have joy in a very easy and simple situation. That's what we're talking about. Here's the difference between these two stories. My response was dependent upon the circumstances around me, while Paul and Silas's response in Acts wasn't dependent upon their circumstance. I exhibited a lack of happiness because of the situation while they were experiencing true joy in spite of their situation. So what does this have to do with Christmas? Well, listen to Jesus' words in John chapter 15, verse 11. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Jesus came to earth to bring each one of us full, abundant joy. That's Christmas. And that's what he wants for you and for me. We all use these terms, the terms happiness and joy, interchangeably. Don't we? We get them confused and we... If, if we try to bring any recognition to it, we're like, oh, that's just semantics. You know what I mean. But there actually is a huge difference between these two words. To help us understand this idea of joy more fully, I think we need to define these two words, joy and happiness, so we're all on the same page. First, joy comes from an internal source, a state of being that originates from internal heart transformation that only comes through Jesus Christ. While happiness, on the other hand, is a feeling that originates from external circumstances. Big difference. Happiness is strictly a feeling. It can be faked. It is dependent upon outside circumstances. And listen to this. Typically functions as a distraction from abundant or complete joy. In fact, a lot of the American Christmas celebration is based on happiness that comes from external experiences, such as going to see Christmas lights, hot chocolate what we get for gifts, what we give for gifts. Whether our family is close or not. So when people ask us, oh, how was your Christmas? A lot of times our answers will depend on whether the external activities and circumstances of the month of December went how we thought they should. Isn't that true? Isn't it ironic that we can focus on our feelings of happiness during a holiday that originated with the coming of the one who will bring real joy. This morning, God doesn't... We're we're talking about joy. God God doesn't want us to be happy. He wants something even better for us. And a lot of times we settle for happiness as opposed to gaining what God wants for us that's even better. He wants to give 
real overflowing joy. Real joy is a fruit of the Spirit that functions independently from outside realities. And that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Joy is stable, while happiness is unstable. Joy can remain while happiness comes and goes, right? Happiness isn't, isn't bad or wrong, however, I'm not bashing happiness. But it can never really take the place of true joy. They are both so different. Joy is not devoid of feeling, though. We can, we can still feel joy. But to know the difference between joy and happiness, we need to really drill down further to the source. External circumstances equal happiness, whereas internal Christ-likeness equals joy. You with me? That's what we're talking about. Happiness can be experienced outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, while joy is uniquely Christian. The development of real Christian joy in our lives begins the moment of our salvation and should grow throughout our lives as we grow in Christ's likeness. In fact, listen to this, our reliance upon internal joy in comparison to our reliance upon external happiness can prove to be a very good indicator of our spiritual maturity. Listen to what Oswald Chambers says about the source of abundant joy. He said, the undiminished radiance, which is the result of abundant joy, is not built on anything passing, but on the love of God that nothing can change. And the experience of life, whether they are everyday events or terrifying ones, are powerless to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is abundant joy. In fact, looking throughout Scripture, joy and happiness have one other key difference as well. Happiness is experienced at its best only during the good times, when things are going really well, whereas Christian joy is experienced in not only the good times, but more importantly, when life is at its worst. Look at the example of Jesus. Jesus didn't experience any happiness when facing crucifixion. But somehow, real joy was a part of his motivation to endure the cross. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 12, verse 2. He says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Happiness didn't get Jesus through the tough times, but joy did. The Apostle Paul experienced this Christian joy as well. Listen to what he said in 2 Corinthians 7.4 says, great is my confidence in you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. I am filled with comfort. I am overflowing with joy in all our affliction. That's the unique thing about joy. Paul wasn't happy about hard times, but was experiencing the reality of true Christian joy in the worst of times. So much so that he's overflowing with joy, the Bible says. And really, this is great news for us, isn't it? Kind of like, yes. There's a chance, right? We have a fighting chance that even the incredible difficult things that we're going through are still going to be really hard. We're not going to have all the, the feelings of happiness. But at least it gives us some hope that we can experience true joy. If you're going through a really difficult time, which we all have or will, you may not feel very happy, but you can still experience real Christian joy, and that is great news for all of us. So, with these definitions behind us, with 
a better understanding of the difference between happiness and joy, we're going to spend a few minutes and look at a few truths about abundant Christian joy. Where or how do we access this joy? Have you realized the truth in Scripture? You're like, yes, that's really good. How on earth do I do that? Right? Well, let's, let's take a look at the how on earth do I do that. The Christian joy that I'm describing, that Jesus came to bring each of his followers, can only be found in one place. God. Quite simply, it's God. God is the source of real joy. Therefore, Christian joy is only found in the presence of God. We have to go to the source. That's it. It can't be found in your spouse, in your degree, through your kids, hobbies, stuff, or money. Only in God. In fact, we have a scripture verse on the wall that defines it as a constant reminder for all of us over here to your right and my left. It says out of Psalm 1611, in your presence is fullness of joy and in your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy is found in the presence of God. Sometimes we like to complicate things, um, but this concept is actually pretty simple. If, if you don't spend consistent time in the presence of God, we shouldn't expect to experience much Christian joy. Right? So why don't we? Why don't we spend more time in His presence? If fullness of joy is found in the presence of God, why don't we structure our lives so time in His presence is a priority? It's a good question, but there's really one word, and that's distraction. We live distracted lives. Living distracted lives is really the accepted way of life in our culture. It's kind of the American way. In fact, we're not even sure that we can do much about our distractive lives. That's how little control a lot of times we feel over it. We say things like, that's just the way it is. And therefore kind of giving up any kind of control that we can have over how our time is structured. See, living distracted lives keep us from spending time in the presence of God where there is fullness of joy. A distraction is something that takes your attention away from what you're supposed to be doing. And when distraction goes from something that might happen throughout our day, because it happens, right? When, when distraction goes from something that might happen throughout our day um, to kind of the main descriptor of our day or the norm, it starts to affect our time in God's presence. We need to reevaluate then and maybe make a few changes. Some of the biggest distractions in our lives can be good things. However, if good things like fun and external things are distracting us from the best thing, which is an internal presence, time, presence within God, in God's presence, we should reconsider how we're using our time. Whatever you do, don't trade internal joy for external happiness. It's never worth it. It never has been and never will be. In fact, Christmas time can be one of the most distracting times of the year, right? There's so much going on. We're busy doing so many things that we miss out on spending time with the one whose birth we're celebrating. It, it kind of reminds me of the story of two sisters, and maybe you're familiar with this story. One sister was named Martha, and the other one was Mary. Some of you are like, don't do it. Don't do it, Pastor Paul. Mary and Martha had the privilege of having Jesus come and visit their home, and these two sisters had two very different responses to Jesus' visit. 
See if you can notice the difference. I'm reading out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It says, Now as they were traveling along, he, Jesus, entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. You see the difference? Martha probably would have thrived in our culture. She'd have been a super mom, super wife. She'd have done a great job. I'm sure she probably had a clean, house, clean, beautiful house and probably entertained really well and had great plans of all the Christmas stuff that she was going to do with her family. But she was missing something, and Jesus told her what it was. Martha was missing being in the presence of the Lord. Martha had what, what all of us have, have thought about, right? Man, if I could be one of the disciples, if, you know, if I was around when Jesus was around, like, man, I'd be following Jesus, I'd be right there with him. Martha had that chance. And I think a lot of us, including myself, would probably respond how Martha did if Jesus walked into our home. Martha was missing being in the presence. And right then, that should have been the priority. Martha not only wasn't choosing to spend time in the presence of Jesus, but actually got mad at Mary then for doing it. Which happens to us sometimes too, doesn't it, if we're being honest. God has the same message for us though. Most of us probably identify with Martha. We have a lot to do each day. God is not asking us to not accomplish anything throughout the day, but to simply pause and spend time in his presence. That's what he's asking us to do. And in Psalm 16, he tells us that that is the only place where we will find fullness of Christian joy. So let's prioritize our time a little bit more like Mary this week. This busy week, the week before Christmas, Yes, one week from today is Christmas Day. And all the lists start going on in your head. Plan time this week, even in all the busyness, to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Do a little experiment this week. Grab that cup of coffee, hot chocolate, start the fire. We don't have a fireplace in our home. But if you have a fireplace, start a fire. Turn on the tree so the lights are all lit up. Grab a blanket, light a little candle so it smells like Christmas in your house, whatever you need to do. But just sit down and spend time in the stillness of His presence and see if over time your internal joy that comes from the Lord increases. Try it. Surely couldn't hurt, right? Turn off the TV and spend time as a family doing activity from the faith-filled holidays packet. After all, isn't that one of the reasons Jesus came? To bring real joy? Trade the happiness activity for time in his presence. That's the point. God is the only source of true Christian joy. And we have access to this joy in his presence. So, as we spend time in his presence, and this fruit of the spirit of joy matures and grows in us, something really beautiful happens. Joy that comes from this internal source begins to be revealed in an authentic external expression. 
express joy outwardly. Internal is the internal, what goes on inside is eventually revealed on the outside. So if joy is being grown on the inside, eventually it will start to come out on the outside, how we act, speak, interact with people. So, although a Christian joy has external expressions, we also need to understand that not all external expressions reflect internal joy, right? Joy, like other fruits of the Spirit, eventually becomes realized in external ways. Throughout Scripture, joy is expressed in rejoicing, singing like we did this morning, uh, music, celebrating what God has done, testimonies. External expressions of joy can come even in difficult times like we talked about earlier. These external expressions of real joy are actually contagious and can really bring encouragement to other people as well. In fact, Acts chapter 15 verse 3 records one of these times, this type of situation. Acts 15.3 says, Therefore being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. Joy encourages people. It really does. So this Christmas season and all year round, don't wear all of your emotions on your sleeve but always wear the abundant joy found in the presence of God on your sleeve for others to see. That will encourage other people. Don't fake it, but when you're in his presence and you are experiencing real joy, don't be afraid to express it either. Express it to your family, your friends, your co-workers, and yourself. All of those people and us, we need to see it and we need to hear it come out of our mouths. There's a great example of what this type of internal transformation of joy in a person's life and its outward expression looks like in the classic Christmas movie, A Christmas Carol. Maybe you're familiar with it. The main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, is an angry, bitter, joyless, bah humbug of a person who mistreats others and puts the pursuit of money above all else. But something happens Christmas Eve night that completely changes him. After he is visited by three different spirits of Christmas, he has really what I would call a salvation experience. And the angry, joyless person everyone had grown to despise experiences the internal source of joy for the first time. And the movie ends with Ebenezer Scrooge expressing Christian joy. Let's take a look at it. If this be a prank, boy, I'll box your ears. He was in that window. I swear it. Oh, there you are. This boy here says you wish to purchase this turkey here. It's quite right. Here's your half crown for service well rendered. Thank you, sir. Splendid, boy. Now, get an address and the price of the turkey. You'll take this fine bird to Bob Cratchit in Camden down. The directions are all written down. You leave immediately this very moment. Yes, sir. You'll say only that it comes from a friend. And it must be there in time for Christmas dinner. It will be, sir. Good fellow. Here's Mr. Summer for your trouble. Oh, thank you, sir. Ah, yeah. Not at all. Hmm? Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas. Wonderful day. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you. Love, angel. Yes, exactly. You sing excellently well, yes. Thank you. Oh, 
heart is I who thank you for that glorious music on this glorious Christmas day. <laughs> You may not have caught it, you may not have heard the words very well, but did you hear what the choir was singing? In the beginning of the, I'm sorry, at the end of the clip, the choir is singing these words. Right when he shows up, it says, so grant us all a change of heart. This is exactly what happened to Ebenezer Scrooge, and this is the change of heart God is trying to do in each one of us, where we'll actually express real, genuine, true Christian joy. So this Christmas, let's not settle for external feelings of happiness, but instead plug into the internal source of real joy. And he's our Lord and Savior, Jesus. One of the reasons he came. He came to bring us true Christian joy. And that's something that we can all celebrate. That's why we can leave here with a smile on our faces. That's why even in difficult times, we can say, you know what? It is well with my soul. Would you please stand with me this morning? Let's pray. God, what an incredible gift that you sent your Son. Lord, the the entire reason we celebrate this Christmas season is a celebration of you. And Lord, we don't always get it right. There's, there is a lot to do. There's so much going on and a lot of it is great things. There's nothing wrong with the things that occur during Christmas time. But Lord, help us not choose to experience happiness over the source of real joy that you offer to us. Let us not, in all the stuff that goes on at Christmas, miss the celebration of the one who came to bring us real joy. Lord, it's easy to do. It's easy for us to get caught up in our culture and do that. And I'm, I'm guilty of it. I can't even buy Christmas presents sometimes without not struggling with that. But Lord, you're doing a work in each one of us. That over time, as you change our hearts, God, they somehow reflect the joy of the Lord more and more. And so, Lord, even in the times that we don't feel it, even in the most incredibly difficult time, even if this Christmas there are people in here who may be grieving, help them to experience your joy. Help them to experience your hope, your peace, your love that all came down, all wrapped up in clothes in the name of Jesus. And that He offers to us something that the world could never offer to us, this perfect, real, authentic joy that overcomes circumstances, which source does not is not dependent upon what goes on in our world, but is dependent upon what goes on in our hearts. God, help us to experience that. May we leave here full of joy. May we leave here with a smile on our face. May it affect how we act. And Lord, would we be courageous enough to express the joy that we feel in our hearts now. To not keep it inside, but to go and share, go and tell. Because that joy, we know, will be attractive to other people. The joy and the contentment and the hope and the peace and the love that you bring in our hearts is 
what draws and draw other people to a relationship with you. God, help us to experience that this Christmas. Even during this really busy week, Lord, help us to make right decisions over just good choices. Help us, Lord, just to put some of the things aside to be able to spend time in your presence. God, we know and we trust that if we do that in your presence, we will experience fullness of joy. Thank you for that gift. Celebrate it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said,